0: Hello, everyone. Hopefully you're having and or had a wonderful day today. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast. This is Beyond the Garment with me, your boy, Drew Joyner. And so far, it's been an interesting start to 2024. Um, Over the course of the last week, the first seven days of the year, I've been entertaining a bit of guests or i've been entertaining guests in my home lauren's cousin visited from out of the country actually and so i've been preoccupied pretty much all week with that and to be honest i haven't really you know started 2024 with like a you know i haven't started it with like a like a cannon ball, cannon out of a cannon i don't know i haven't started it like on fire you know what i mean I got to the gym, did those kind of things. But like in terms of like work stuff, like I feel like I've kind of just started to get into the flow of 2024. I feel like that first seven days was very relaxed, very chill. And now we're we're trying to not catch up a little bit, but just try to get on track for the year. I did a lot of work at the end of 2023 that wouldn't say that led to burnout, but like Got close to it, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's always the case as a creator, as someone who um, basically owns their own business, as a freelancer, talks about fashion. Obviously, you guys know what I do. The end of the year is always a very, very busy time. And then when the new year hits, it kind of settles, like the dust kind of settles. I like to look back on the year and evaluate kind of where I've come from, where I've gone to, the things that I've achieved. You guys kind of saw some of that in my last episode and overall just i like being able to kind of reflect right and i feel like i'm still in a moment of reflection because i haven't just kicked i haven't jumped right back into creating videos or jump right back into just creating content i will this week obviously this podcast is a great example this will go live literally i'm i'm recording this a couple hours before it'll go live so i'm 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 back on it but like it's just interesting to me how every new year every new situation there's new There's like a new moment, you know what I mean? Like there's new, nothing's the same, right? Like 2023, I had a different beginning of that year to this year, trying to do things differently, trying to grow as a person. And um, honestly, I can't complain. I've had a good beginning of 2024. It's been reflective. It's been good. Today's episode is going to be kind of a hodgepodge of of just different random things. At first, I think I was going to call this episode Random Reflections, but to make it more fashion-oriented, I have a segment in this episode that will talk all about how do we know if clothing is quality or what makes quality clothing. And that question actually derives from a TikTok that I just have kind of plastered in my mind by Mark Boudelier, if you know who Mark is. He's a pretty comical guy on TikTok on short form. Even he has YouTube videos. He's pretty funny on there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, it's just been an interesting start to 2024 for me. Today has just been a, 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 today, I would say like Monday, January 8th has been the first day where everything was hitting on cylinders, meaning that like everything I did today was on plan, on point. Except for the podcast, like I would have loved to get the podcast out a little bit sooner in the day. But I think the reason why not, not I think the reason why I wasn't able to get it done sooner is because I decided today for whatever reason that I wanted to kind of wind back the childhood, a childhood dream or childhood goal that I had and figure out and solve a Rubik's cube. Now, do you know what a Rubik's cube is? It's a nine sided dice or die. That has different color combinations all throughout. It's three by three. Is is that is that would that be called nine sided, or would that be called three sided? I think everyone knows what a Rubik's cube is. It's like a three by three three D combination puzzle. It was invented in 1974. If you don't know that, and it's the puzzle that like you flip it to one side and you're trying to coordinate all the colors to match one side right you're trying to get all the colors on one side to match and then once you solve for all the colors you have solved the Rubik's Cube and I don't know why when I was a kid there was this movie or there have been like a ton of movies but like there was this movie called The Pursuit of Happiness and one of the scenes in The Pursuit of Happiness and like for me I love movies like The Pursuit of Happiness like I'm a huge you know before Will Smith slapped um chris rock i was a huge huge will smith fan as a, as an actor and I, th- I still think i am as an actor as an individual he's got some questionable he's made some questionable decisions but i just remember this movie and one of the things like there's a scene where will is trying to get a job as a as a um, stockbroker or something of the sort like a, a, a not a disc jockey that's a dj of, of a at a, as a stockbroker can i talk Will is trying to get this job as a stockbroker and he's in a he's in a basically a taxi and he's trying to impress his prospective boss. And he his boss, like the guy who's like he's riding a taxi with doesn't pay him any mind at all because he's trying to figure out how to solve this Rubik's Cube. And got I imagine this is Chris Gardner. That's the character Will Smith is playing the, based on the real life story. Chris Gardner grew up and they were living in a time where the Rubik's Cube was a relatively new thing and people hadn't figured out how to solve it to the level that it's been able to be solved now. And Will, he picks it up and he begins to start solving this Rubik's Cube and he impresses the boss man that he was riding in the taxi with, he impresses him and leaves a positive impression on him. And I don't know why ever since then, I always thought it was cool to be able to solve a Rubik's cube. And you know, if you know, like there's a lot of like very competitive Rubik's cube competitions, where people are trying to like solve these cubes as quickly as possible. People are like flipping them like in four seconds and three seconds and being able to solve them. That's not what I'm my goal is at all, I just think it's kind of cool to be able to solve a Rubik's Cube. And so I picked one up at the store and I just started fidgeting with it and fidgeting with it. And it's, it's, been, it's been fun to like, I don't know, very random, but it's been fun to like figure out how to solve this again. Essentially, it, when it comes to solving something like a Rubik's Cube, it comes down to these algorithms that you have to perform and you have to identify different aspects of the cube. You have to identify different color coordinations. And then once you identify these coordinations, you can flip through the algorithm and then it'll essentially get you to another point. And then you have to memorize that first algorithm, which will lead you to memorizing the next algorithm. And once you have those memorized, you can do it faster and faster and faster. And then once you get the technique of actually being able to use the cube, you'll get better and better and better. And so, I should have had this episode recorded in live like two hours ago. But once I started learning the cube, I was like, I cannot put this down until I actually solve the cube. And so that's what I spent the last two hours doing. <laughs> and it's It's been fun. I mean, you got to have these kind of moments where, especially if you're a creative individual, where your mind isn't so focused on what your job is or what your tasks are, which is like maybe creating something. For me, like I look at fashion I look at YouTube I look at social media as a creative act in the sense that and I'm not doing it just to um, you know I'm not doing it to uh, make I'm not doing it as a means to an end that's what I'm trying to say I'm not doing it as a means to an end I want to try to learn I want to try to explore I want to try to push the boundary for what it means to be a creative in this space and then I also want to have commercial success in this space so there's, it's like dealing with those two things are constantly pulling at me. And one of the strategies that I feel like has worked for me in the past is to revert back to childhood-like things that always interested me. Now, I have no idea how Rubik's Cube culture, cube culture, solving for Rubik's Cubes, the algorithms, the mathematics behind Rubik's Cubes could ever be translated to fashion. But you be damn sure that I'm going to do my best to find out what, like, how it can't be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do my best to find out what way I can, which I can incorporate the things that I care about through my childhood into my personal style. And right now, it's being reflected in me just telling a random story to you guys about how I've been trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. But that's good. It's good. Like I said, I wanted this episode to be random reflections. We're just going through it, man. We're just going through it. Another one of the things that kind of like stood out to me. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of walking you guys through my first week of twenty twenty four. Um, I was scrolling on social media and I came across a quote that I decided to send to my mom, and my dad, and I asked my girlfriend Lauren about before too. And I want to ask you guys this kind of same question that I asked my family members and whatnot, and just kind of answer it rhetorically. And I'll kind of give you a moment to think about it. And then from there, I will answer it based on what I understand it means. Um, it's a quote that's really short, but I think it's pretty pretty profound. And it goes as such. Very simple. Ready? It goes, the ax forgets, but the tree remembers. The ax forgets, but the tree remembers. For some reason, like I read this quote, I want to say like third or fourth day, maybe even second day of the year. And it really stood out to me. The ax forgets, but the tree remembers. And it has kind of stayed put in my subconscious, stay put in my conscious like for the last couple of days here. And and like, once again, really nothing to do with like fashion as a whole, but more so to do with like um, mentality and, and what it means to, uh, I guess, just be a human being. Like that's, that's a part of beyond the garment, right? Being able to talk about, things outside of the realm of just garments and clothes and shoes and fabrics and things like that and sometimes I struggle with just being able to just have human thoughts and it be allowed when I know for myself that it seems like people only care about my opinion in fashion but regardless you guys get that you guys are here with me rocking with me for these solo episodes but what do you think this means the axe forgets but the tree remembers It's short, it's sweet. I like quotes that are short and sweet like that. I like wordplay. I like kind of poetic sentences like this. The axe forgets, but the tree remembers. To me, and I talked about it with my mom, my dad, my girlfriend, all separately, just to kind of hear, hear their thoughts about it. But it's a very simple way to say that those of us or those who exist and inflict pain on others or inflict some kind of damage on others, it's very easy to forget the kind of damage that you output to another person or to another entity because you're living your life. Maybe you say something, make a comment about someone's outfit. Maybe you make a, re- a remark about um, the way something looks on someone or a particular piece. Maybe trying to like cut them down a little bit to bring yourself up. Maybe it's something snarky. Maybe it's not even emotional maybe it's like something actually physical cuz that's i think that this quote is is pinpointing something physical it's very easy to move on from causing harm but the individual who receives the pain the individual who receives that harm to them it's much more difficult for that individual to forget and so that's kind of like what the quote stood out and meant to me and that you know if you're someone who gives the pain it's easy you typically forget the pain that you deal out but if you receive the pain if someone makes a comment about your your outfit whether good or bad if someone says something negative in regards to a particular piece that you love or something of the sort it has a stronger impact on the person who is the person who is who has been inflicted pain as opposed to the person who is inflicting pain the axe forgets but the tree Remembers, and I think maybe I can actually relate this to kind of modern, just social media fashion and, and just content creation in the sense that, like, I think a lot of times, and uh, there's been a shift that's changed that's happened for me. I've talked to a couple a couple people about this, where you know, especially on short form videos, it happens a lot on the short form videos where I post something, whether it be a reel or a TikTok. And in the, the video does well, maybe it reaches a, a few hundred thousand people or something like that, which I don't want to talk about. like that's nothing. That's a huge, huge deal for me. And, and it's just amazing the power of technology. But for whatever reason, the comment section could be 90 percent positive and 10 percent negative. But as an individual, as a human being, it seems like we all are hardwired to pinpoint negativity. Like, to, to to find out and understand why there are certain opinions about us that are negative. I'm not saying that, like, these opinions are really getting to me because, in all honesty, I, I find a lot of the kind of more, like, hate or bad or negative comments to be really funny or really constructive, meaning that, like, either someone is giving me actual constructive criticism on a particular aspect of the video, like, production-wise, or they're just straight up saying something that's funny that's like a bit mean-spirited but like it's kind of funny at the same time or they're just out, outright just hating like they, there's nothing I could do to perform better or be better it's a more of a factor of okay like they just do not like me as an individual in this moment it has more to do about it has more to do with like them in this moment and how they're feeling about their life and different things going on in their their circumstances as opposed to what the actual video said right so there's that and maybe it's just a quote yeah I think I'm uncovering it literally right now like for me like over the last I would say six months the second half of 2023 I would say that was the first time where I started to receive more I guess criticism than I had previously over the last two and a half years and I think that's it's it's a good sign I feel like in a way like If you're a brand or a small business owner and you're trying to or if you're an entity, if you're someone trying to achieve something and you are going through a period of time where, you know, people are criticizing you or maybe you're going through a period of time where things are all good, like people are really positive about almost everything you do. I think you don't really make it in a sense or you're not really heading towards the direction that you should be in unless you receive a little bit of pushback from Naysayers, right? From the peanut gallery, right? Like, no, no one who's achieved a lot hasn't had to deal with a healthy amount of criticism, no matter who they are. And especially when you step into the arena of creating content, you have thousands of people who are um, giving feedback about everything from the way your haircut is, the way you talk, the way you sound, what you say, what you don't say. And you have to be a very strong-willed individual to enter into that arena because you have to understand who you are as a person. You have to understand where your value comes from. You have to understand what value you're trying to provide. And then you have to stay focused on and stay focused towards the people or the um, audience that really is who you're trying to hit, right? Like some things will go over certain people's heads and some people will really resonate with the messages you say. and not to say that you only want to talk to people you resonate with. You don't want to create an echo chamber. But like, I think it's important to recognize that like, yes, there are going to be moments when the axe comes to maybe cut down your creativity or cut down what you're doing as a brand or cut down what you're doing as a creative. But you have to remember as a tree, you have to remember as a person who has goals for themselves. And this is me like kind of just talking to myself about this, that like, what is the ultimate objective of why you do what you do do you do it to serve as a uh, guidance to others do you do it to fulfill some kind of need that the world has um, that you don't see being fulfilled by anyone else and that's just what I try to do with the content everything I do podcasting everything I do right and I don't know I think this quote kind of unlocked something inside of me and maybe it will for you maybe it won't I have no idea but it did for me it just I don't know even every time I say it out loud the axe forgets but the tree remembers every time I read it more and more it just becomes more and more real and I realize that yeah that's so true it's so so true but like I said it's been a kind of slower beginning to 2024 in the sense of work um When Lauren's cousin was here, we spent a lot of time exploring New York City. It was her first time in New York City. She's uh, 19. I remember being 19 myself. Maybe some of you guys are 19 or younger. And when you're that young, there's so much, not anxiety you have about the world, but rather there's so much just questions in the sense that like, what is my life going to look like? And and spending time with her and she's such a great person and hanging out with Uh, my girlfriend and her and just doing things around the city and seeing that perspective of her being in New York for the first time and her getting bright eyed about small things like she had never seen like or she had never really been to a an American laundromat because she's Swiss like they don't really have they have them but like they just don't have them where she's from as as much and so Showing her that was kind of cool and obviously showing her like Statue of Liberty, Empire State, Central Park, Bryant Park, the Met, things like that was really cool. And like it puts into perspective being able to live in a city like New York and how grateful I feel to be able to live in a place that has all of these amenities, it has all of these um, activities that you can do on any given day. That was just a lot of fun. That was that was really cool to see. We played games, we played video games, we played board games, we talked, we ate, we did a lot of fun stuff. And I think I needed that just to recover. And that's that's like, it's important. I think it's important for everyone, especially if you're trying to do something creative, to have moments where you can let your brain and let your mind relax. That's, that's big. That's huge. Because if you're always creating, sometimes it takes you away not takes you away when you're always creating sometimes it's hard to find new perspective because you're in it you're so in what you're doing and so for me like I've accumulated so much of my fashion background I accumulated so much of my fashion background when I wasn't really creating content when my life wasn't fashion and now that my life is fashion in a way sometimes I feel like I'm too close to the subject to see all of the things that made me fall in love or made me, like, really interested and care about fashion before I started talking about it ad nauseum. Before I started just talking, talking, talking to the internet and just speaking my voice to the internet. When I was a kid in college, like, there were things that I would look at and I would do it in a such a... I would do it in such a, a non-purposeful way, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, there was purpose behind it, but, like, I would do it in such a, like... I'm doing this because I like it, not because there's like a I need to know about this so I can talk about it and reference it in minute three of the video. Does that make sense? Like now I I, contradict myself. I think it's important to be knowledgeable in your industry and to be knowledgeable about what you do and how you do it. But like at the same time, it's good to like take a step back. And so that's exactly what I did this first week. We spent a lot of time with her. And one of the things that we did is we we decided to watch a movie that has, I've seen like clips of this movie on TikTok and social media before. And I've seen this movie before. It's an animated film about a lizard cowboy, fake cowboy. And the name of the movie is Rango. Now, if you've seen this movie before, then like, you know that, or maybe you don't know, but this movie, after rewatching it with a fresh kind of adult perspective, last time I saw this movie, I was probably a preteen or teenager. I don't know when it came out. 2011. Wow. This movie came out over 10 years ago? Yeah, 2011 would be 10 years ago. I wanted to say 15, but it was over 10. Over 10 years ago, and if you've never seen this movie, I encourage you. I don't know how to watch it now. I think you can watch We watched it on Prime, and it's on Roku if you have that. But it's one of the more interesting animated movies, kids movies that I've ever seen. I don't even know if I would call it a kids movie. 'cause there's some like not like adult themes in the sense that like th- like it'll be inappropriate by any means, but like adult themes in the sense that like there are jokes and things that if you if you catch it, you catch it, you know what I'm saying, but also like one of the reasons why I love this movie is because the entire movie Rango is about a lizard who is lonely, right, like a lot of us are, and he's searching for purpose in a world that is confined, right? He lives inside of a glass container. He, his friends are plastic toys that he talks with and speaks with like they're actual, um, animate objects when they're actually inanimate objects and he's kind of messing with them. And then his life gets set up and set off to be an adventure when The van that he's driving in or the van of the owner that owns him crashes or swerves and he gets let out into the wild, wild west. I want to say it's somewhere in just western United States, southern United States, almost like it has like a very like Mexican vibe and feel to it because there's a, a whole band that like plays a lot of Mexican music that are owls regardless it's a it's a really cool movie that explores identity it explores the power of like belief and what it means to believe in yourself above all else but also like what it means to take the power of belief in a weird direction because Rango if you don't know he's also like an actor like the the character is an actor um and i don't know like it's just a very like i wish i could i wish i was doing a better doing more justice to the movie because it was a really like cool movie to rewatch and i loved all the cameo not the cameos i loved all the like kind of honor honorations i love how it honored different movies throughout the film i also love the animation style of this film like when you Watch certain animated films nowadays. You can tell that they have this like very, like overly polished look and feel to them. But this one has a real character, like real character to it. The animation style and like the way things are shot and the way things are voice acted. It's just very well done. I highly, highly recommend it. There's this one scene in the film where Rango is basically called out for being a liar. And he's called out because the people of Dirt, which is the town, the fictional town in Rango, the uh, the citizens of Dirt find out Rango's actually no gunslinging cowboy. He's basically lied about all the things he's done in the film. I'm not going to try to ruin everything, but Rango's kind of like defeated emotionally because the townspeople trusted him and he has to leave. And essentially he comes up to this, like there's a section in the movie where he passes out, and he's in a mirage, and he's talking with, like, this Clint Eastwood, like, very, like, Western-type figure, and um, Rango's talking with him, and he says, like, you know, I'm a fraud. Like, people, the people of this town, like, they need a real hero, and this, like, kind of spirit of the West is what it's called. This figure, this, this Clint Eastwood figure tells Rango that no man can walk out on his own story, and for whatever reason in this film, like when he says that, like it just gave me kind of like weird chills for whatever reason. And like, I was probably just weird, like weirdly sitting there, like getting chills, like Lauren and her cousin are just like falling asleep, watching this movie. And I'm like over here, like tuned in, like it's like the NBA finals or something like that. And he says, no man can walk on on a story. And like something super small that, but like super cool that stood out to me is I thought that was like, so true. Like, as As hard as life and as hard as the things that the challenges that we face are, like none of us have none of us have the luxury of being able to escape from our problems by just running away a lot of times it might seem easier to be able to run away from the things and situations that we've gone through, but in reality, we have to really face them and in the film, that's exactly what Rango had to do and. It was just something that like super small scene, just like the quote from earlier, no man can run away from his own, uh, his own story. No man can run away from his own story. I thought that was just interesting. Like, like something small like that is so true. You you can't run away from your own story. You have to kind of face your problems head on and deal with them and deal with them in a way that you can manage them for a very, very long time. In fact, deal with them in a way so that you can manage them for the rest of your life. same. that's the same thing that goes for fashion, right? Like you have to be able to find harmony with the consumption aspect of fashion, find harmony with the fact that some brands are not going to fit you, find harmony with the fact that like certain like trends are not going to be accessible to you. Certain things are not going to work for you. All these things like you have to find harmony with and no man, no woman no individual can run away from their own story they have to face all of these problems all of these things head on and um it's true it's true i just like that movie if you haven't seen it this is your this is your kind of like nudge to watch rango it's it's a good one johnny depp is the is the character and I, it's just it was a fantastic voice acting for johnny depp uh, it, it was just a really good movie all right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the pod, which is how do we know if clothing is quality? And then we'll kind of talk about some more just, I guess, like just other thoughts that have been on my mind. And we'll 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 close it off with that, man. So I said at the beginning of this episode that there's been a not there's been, but like there was a TikTok that was posted uh, by Mark Boudelier. I'm not going to be able to exactly reference the line word for word. But essentially, it was calling out creators or calling out people who, or brands, I think it was, who make like 100% cotton or 400 GSM or like brands and and creators and individuals who always reference certain details about clothing and call it quality, right? I can't remember exactly what it was, um, what those things were. But essentially, the TikTok made me start to think about what does quality clothing look like and as someone who doesn't have a degree in fashion as someone who looks at things from a totally different perspective in fashion when i learn about a cool piece of clothing i tend to rationalize why it is quality while qualitatively better than other items of clothing even if it doesn't necessarily mean that yeah it's objectively better than better than other pieces of clothing i always tell myself oh yeah what i have what i buy this fruit of the loom, like Hanes '90s crew neck that I'm wearing, that is that's gotta be better than the stuff they're making now. But it it made me beg it begged me to ask the question, you know, what is quality clothing? And I think there are some like surefire things that denote quality in fashion. I think the first thing is is the materials, obviously, right? Um, in general, things that are of a higher quality are fabrics that are made out of organic materials, or they derive from animal fabrics. So animal materials include things that are to be grown, cottons, the hemp, the um, just natural fibers that are grown from crops, right? Like sugarcane fibers, these things just they take more time to create because they actually take time to create like you can't just instantaneous, instantaneously have Cotton, You have to wait to be able to harvest cotton and use it as a as a yarn and spin it into yarn and then create the varying forms of the fabric so it can be decorated as clothing. That's the same for wool, cashmere, um, different types of silks. These things, they just they don't they don't come easy. And therefore, typically, typically they are of a higher quality, depending how you quantify quality, right? Because for some people, quality is saying, we want to have materials that keep us warm. Okay, well, wools and cashmere are going to keep you warm than cottons and nylons and polyesters because of the way that they retain uh, heat. But maybe you're someone who's a runner and you need a pair of running shoes that are lightweight and breathable. I don't know if you want to have wool and or cashmere in your running shoe because it's not going to be as breathable. It's not going to be as lightweight. It's not going to work as well. So there are factors that go beyond just the fact that, oh, yeah, this material or this fiber is going to be better than this fiber in every single circumstance. It's very circumstantial. But you, what you do have to understand is that, a lot of times, when it comes to cheaper made clothing, fast faster made clothing, they use more synthetic materials because it is easier to produce these materials as opposed to having to have a farm or having to have a, a distributor that has a farm that uses water that transports the fibers that does all these things. Obviously, transportation is something that all they all need to do. But like, if you Add up all the factors that go into creating a particular garment, the garments that have more processing, the garments that, that require more uh, individuals, that require more skilled labor, that typically denotes higher quality, right? So, like, the time and the labor that goes into something typically denotes a higher quality of fabric. And, of course, like, it's super circumstantial. Like, for footwear, there's certain technologies where... Yes, maybe it's a material, like a synthetic material being used, but the research and development that is required to make a particular shoe light or heavy or have good stability or have a stronger uh, outsole, these things also play into the role of quality. And it's it's difficult to kind of like compare one item of clothing to another because everyone's wear is going to be a little bit different. Maybe there's two hoodies. That are both made out of 100% cotton, and after the third wash for someone, the the hoodie, the hoodies like seams begin to unravel, and after the third wash for someone else, everything's fine. And it all depending on how the person wears the garment. It depends on what settings the washing machine was on. It depends on so many different factors that go into what makes something last as long as possible. So, take everything. Not everything, but take a lot of the ideas about like quality fashion with the grain of salt. Know what you want with the clothing that you're going to buy. If you're gonna buy a particular piece, or if you're looking to buy a particular fabric, and then take care of it in such a way that so it lasts as long as possible. Because no matter how high quality of fabric there is out there, you have to know how to take care of it. You have to know the the procedures to washing and drying, and you have to know, you know, how to make sure it looks good in a lot of circumstances. You just want to take care of your clothes. So I don't know. That's kind of like the initial thoughts I have very surface level. And that's something that I'm, I'm trying to work more on is like going deep. I probably could be more prepared and go really, really deep on a subject like this. Um, and maybe I will in a YouTube video because that's kind of the, the format I like to go about these things is like if the podcast, the podcast is a test for me to talk about ideas that I would talk about more in depth on YouTube. That's what I did for the hottest takes for 2024 um, and that's what I'm going to continue to try to do for the future. So yeah, that's kind of my two cents on quality clothing. All right. So round out the episode today. I got a couple more, just small little random thoughts I want to throw at you guys. And the first one is like, if you're a, uh, a, a black man or black woman in New York and like, you know, you get your hair cut pretty regularly, where do you go? Cause I've been having some barber shop chronicles, man. I've been having some chronicles, barbers who don't listen when i tell them that i want to cut my hair a certain way they always got a reason why they need to cut off more hair cut off different ways like i like i'm i'm almost ready to have my barber come fly him out every single week just to get my hair cut. now i'm not that rich so it's not gonna happen but i wish i could do that like back from denver like the the barbershop situation here bro in new york i've been to brooklyn I've been to different parts of Harlem. Like I've been, I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere, and um, I've been in Queens. I've I've tried Manhattan. I've tried. I've been every single borough trying to find a barber, and it's not been as, it's not been as smoothie king as as much as I'd like it to be. It hasn't been as smooth as what I'd like it to be. I haven't really found a barber shop or a barber that like, I feel like, cuts my hair in a good enough way which is crazy because New York City should be a place that has an insufferable amount of talent I don't know if I'm using that word right insufferable whatever you get what I'm trying to say that has an insane amount of talent and yet I just can't seem to find barbers now I know a lot of people you know I've been recommended to go to some Dominican shops and you know hit up that kind of spectrum of things but I just I don't know like, I need someone to show me the ropes a little bit more than what I've been doing. I've been doing it all on my own, but just haven't been able to find a good haircut. I got a haircut right now, the most expensive haircut I've ever paid for. And it's probably one of the top five worst haircuts I've ever had. That's where I'm at. Like, it's, it's insane. And I need, like, my hairstyle is so simple. I just, fade, I just do a little, a little temper fade, a temple fade on the sides, a shadow fade on the sides. That's all I need. Yet I, I can't find nobody who can do that for me. Like, what's up, New York? What's up, y'all? Don't have good haircuts. And then Lauren and I, we noticed we like, okay, Drew, look around. How many? How many dudes, black dudes? We're talking about. How many dudes have good fades when you walk around the streets in New York? How many? Okay, no, that that brother over there, he's got he's got locks. Oh no, he's got twists over there. He got oh, it's another brother with locks. Oh, it's another dude with twists. Like everyone has long hair and it's either locks or twists and or they have a bald head. Like what is up with that? Like I need answers. (laughs) I actually need answers on that. Like why is that the case? Like nobody has... My haircut is just a simple fade on the side with like keeping the top. Like I just keep my hair on top and I just fade the sides. Like why is that not common? Everyone's got locks or twists. I need answers, New York. I need answers. Last week I talked about how... I wanted to start reading Black Ivy, which I'm going to begin to start reading tomorrow. I got a video coming out about the pickup process of Black Ivy. I picked it up at Drake's in in Soho, which is a pretty cool store, pretty cool shop. And uh, I realized that Black Ivy, it's not like a, a novel. I wish it was a novel. It's more of like a coffee table book. But I, I'm going to treat it like it's a novel. And I'm going to really dive into it and try to understand what Black Ivy is about. I think I mentioned this before. And just go in on this idea of Black Ivy. I think that's really, really cool that there's this whole style genre that has been just not really talked about. I mean, you you can look up Black Ivy on YouTube and things like that and social media, but there's just not that many people talking about it. And I cannot wait to kind of bring it to the forefront and highlight a bit of my community in the fashion world, which I feel like I want to do more and more of, obviously I talk a lot about Americana and Japanese Americana and things like that. But like, I feel like black Ivy is going to be a really fun subject matter for 2024. And hopefully those videos do decently well so that I can reap the reward of putting so much time and effort into researching and doing the reading. So yeah, I don't know. That's just random. Like I'm just brain farting. I'm just brain brain barfing right now. on you guys just talking to you guys about the different things that, I am going to be doing, um, that's another thing. Like I got to give a credit to the people who have podcasts because, a- and a lot of, a lot of the strongest creators are women. And I think women just, they don't really know how to talk because like, I hate having to like do like filler. Like I hate being like, Oh yeah, this is what I'm going to be talking about. Like that's such, that's so weak. Like, I feel like i such a weak sauce, like to be able to like talk like that. Like I wish I could just talk for 40 minutes and and be unconscious in the sense that like I could just talk, but I, I have to like stop and think about what I'm going to say before I start saying it. And sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. I probably could put more time and effort into like thinking about the podcast. I feel like the podcast has been, and this is me just ranting right now, but I feel like the podcast has been sort of in a, a space that where it's been put on the back burner a little bit because. As a creative, my goals for YouTube and for Instagram are just sky high. And I feel like it's hard to have too many things going on because they begin to cannibalize each other. And that's just a lesson to anyone out there doing things. I think it's important to focus, especially if you're trying to achieve like high levels of success in a particular area. It's hard, it's hard to achieve high levels of success in multiple areas. The people who have done it, like the creatives who have done it, it's amazing to look and see what they've done. I don't know how they must have great teams. I just, I just, I'm a solo dolo kind of guy. I do everything myself, but anyways, I just, I'm just kind of knocking myself a little bit for not being better on the podcast. Hopefully. I mean, you guys might be like, Oh, drew, what are you talking about? But I just know, like, I know where I want to be with everything. And like, sometimes it gets frustrating, not being able to see and execute on to the level that I want to execute on, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Black Ivy is coming up soon. Stay tuned for that on YouTube and on reels and things like that. And it should be a lot of fun, man. It should be. It should be a lot of fun. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the little rant. Sorry, this came in a little bit later than not little rant. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Sorry, this came in a little bit later than what I typically do. I stayed true to my word. It is Monday and we're still getting this out on Monday. And we'll hopefully start to get guests back into the mix slowly, but surely just trying to get everything figured out for the beginning of the year. And uh, I know a lot of people are busy and men's fashion week is here and people are doing things and all this stuff. Um, so it should be a lot of fun, but regardless, as always, I'm spreading peace, love and positivity in 2024 so that means I'm spreading peace, love and positivity to you and more. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Abbianto peace.